Welcome everyone to Chat with Missy Strack. I know there's more of you tuned in than normal because, let's face it, you don't have anywhere else to go. And we've got an amazing subject to keep you glued to our show tonight. I'm joined by three fabulous guests who will be talking us through attic fashion through the ages. We'll look at how Atopians used to dress before we had our fashion tastes improved by taking tips from Traxinians and even Minervans, as well as taking a trip through fabulous fashion mishaps, (laughs) some of which people are still doing. Our first guest is a fashion reporter, and in fact she is our own fashion correspondent here on Attic News. I'm delighted to welcome Saladino, who keeps us all on the fashion straight and narrow here. (laughs) I know she's corrected my dress sense once or twice. (laughs) Welcome, Salah. Thank you, Missy. And I don't know what you mean. You always look amazing. (laughs) The same can't be said for everyone throughout history. So I'm looking forward to sharing some of my top fashion mishaps with you. (laughs) Our next guest is the controversial Minervan designer, Mwezin Talat. S. Talat has rocked the attic fashion world with his designs over the last 10 decorators. His famous SQ34-110 collection was reviewed by Salah as so good he might be arrested for it. Is that what you're aiming for in your designs, S. Talat? Me see. You of all people must call me Muzin. I listen to your shows every day and I feel like I know you already. <laughs> Thank you, Mwezin. As to whether I aim to be arrested with my work, of, of course I don't. That would be preposterous. But I do always have one aim with my work, which is, which will well perhaps inevitably lead to arrest, especially in the current climate, and that is to tell the truth. Art is the truth, and for my clothes to be the highest form of art, they must also tell the truth. Well, uh, thank you, Mozin, and more on that later. Finally, it's a delight to have Mina Ecker from the Palace of the Shah here on the show. Mina, has the Shah ever had any fashion mishaps? Well, I certainly hope not, as it's my job to prevent exactly that. That's not to say that the Shah hasn't made some controversial clothing choices from time to time, which I can't wait to discuss in more detail. Thanks for having me on the show, Missy. So that is our fabulous lineup tonight. We have three superstar guests all in one show. Let's kick off by talking about how fashion today still shows the evidence of prehistoric dress styles. Well, perhaps even before that, we should ask whether it does. Moisin, is this something you consciously consider? Oh, me see. That's an even deeper question. I'm not sure that the best designs are ever consciously considered. Designing comes from the heart, and I think in that process it cannot help but be influenced by what has come before. So while I never set out to create something that has been made before, I can see sometimes the ruffle of an Utopian Count's formal dress or, or the stark lines of a Minervan military general uniform in pieces that issue from my studio. I think that this also holds true if you look at the fashion industry more widely. While total replicas would of course simply be considered costume rather than fashion, There have been many seasons where the theme has clearly been based on a period of historical dress. 
Take, for example, the Antania collection of SQ34067. That was a particularly troubled year in Attic history. Tensions with Minerva were high and the outpost on Hesperia nearly fell. And this is reflected in the designs. There is a clear resemblance to an inspiration drawn from Trixinian Umbuspatch dancer outfits. The whirling skirts and bright colours could quite simply have come from nowhere else. It seems likely that in times of darkness we turn to happier memories of the past to give us the strength to continue. You see this a lot with art. In good times the art is dark and despairing, when in times of real trauma art becomes pure therapeutic fluff. Look at the puffball sleeves and orange sashes right now, for example. It's quite clearly escapism. We can see from the joy in everyone's clothing that there is fear and terror in their real lives. And Mina, how about palace styles? Does the modern reflect the ancients? Well, Missy, I think that it's even more interesting to look at historical links with palace fashion, because the palace, unlike S. Talat here, is deliberately trying to draw connections with the past and show a clear continuation in the line of the Shah. The Shah's outfits are often very consciously modelled on particular historical occasions. Let's start with the simplest one. The Shah's ceremonial tunic is, at its core, a replica of the one that the Ninth Shah wore on accession. There are slight changes... The orchids have been added to represent the Shah's youth when she acceded in such dreadful circumstances. And the circles of thorns represents the pain and suffering of the royal family. If you also take a look at the outfit that the Shah wore four quarters ago when she presented the Prince X and future Shah to the people, this was modelled on a very specific piece of clothing from history. The main point of focus on the Shah was, of course, around her arms, where she was presenting the Prince X. But if you look down, you can see she is wearing loose pants and sandals. Yes, of course. I wrote about this at the time. The Shah has adopted a very typical style of Atopian peasant dress, albeit with some fancy additions and flourishes. I mean, she is the Shah. And this is very clear to anyone who knows even the smallest piece of Atopian history. In fact, you don't even need to have studied anything in detail. This form of dress is commonly used in all kinds of images to give a period feel. So even for citizens who don't recognise it explicitly, they will get the meaning subconsciously. I remember the article and how gratified we were that our efforts at the palace don't go unnoticed. So in short, Missy, the answer to your question is that yes... The wardrobe of the Shah is not only influenced by the past, but also very often deliberately styled that way. Wow! I had no idea that so much information was contained just in how the Shah dresses. I always thought of fashion as simply about aesthetics and what looks nice. Have I got that completely wrong? Perhaps, and perhaps not. People have very different ideas about exactly what fashion is. We've heard some very grandiose ideas from Estella. Please, they are just my humble thoughts on the matter. That happened to be 100% correct, of course. 
Well, it's certainly not uncommon for people, especially those who work in or around the fashion industry, to think of fashion as a kind of high art. I have a lot of sympathy for that view myself. But to look at it from the other perspective, there are plenty of academics who feel that fashion is per se about aesthetics and that anything else is simply a story around it. At the end of the day, what makes something fashion is simply that you wear it and other people see it. Clothes are functional and to many people a purple top is just a pretty thing to wear. But not to the Shah. As I just said, the Shah is very particular about what she wears. Which is not always to the liking of the government, no? That is the real art, not only to create something beautiful and with meaning, but to clearly make a statement, and one of such importance. I'm sure I don't know what you mean. The Shah is very particular about aesthetics. She will only wear beautiful clothes. Of course, I understand that there must be the official line of the palace. The Shah chose things for how they look, and anything else that is read into them is purely coincidental. But, as a renegade fashion designer, as someone who lives outside the system, I find that I am much freer to describe things as I find them, with the excuse given that I am just a crazy <coughs> fashion designer. Today, the Shah was wearing as you yourself just mentioned, purple. Purple is a very pretty colour, as you rightly point out, but has been used in many different contexts. But one context, of which I'm sure that the Shah, and indeed the whole palace team that consult on what she wears are aware, is that of the now long-defunct M. A society that operated between SQ33490 and SQ33682 at the height of the Minerian Utopian War. The MA Society, standing simply for Minerian Utopian, was a progressive organisation that believed in and campaigned for not only an end to the war, but even cooperation and allyship between the two great nations. To them, the answer was simple. How could two great nations not be greater together? I feel like we've ended up on a history show rather than one about fashion. How very well educated you are on these subjects, Mwesen. Yes, you, you get the point though, Misi. The Shah is taking a clear stand against the government. Don't you agree, Mina? No comment. The Shah likes purple. What can I say? And we've just got time to finish the show with our famous fashion mishap section. In SQ 29983, the imperial governor of Atopia started a new fashion of wearing a long wraparound tie-dye garment under advice from his officials in order to improve his poor standing with the populace. The public did not agree with this choice and he was roundly mocked across all news outlets and shortly after voted out of office. I'm sad to report that the Traxinians have not been without our fashion faux pas either. A few generations ago, we went through a crazy phase of adopting coloured ear coverings. I still have the shots of my grandparents 
they look ridiculous. The most preposterous thing was that not only did they make you look like an idiot, you also couldn't hear what anyone said to you. (laughs) Not a period of our history we like to revisit. So, Salah, what is your favourite fashion mishap? You're right, Missy. We have an incredible amount to choose from across history. (laughs) I think the most extreme outfit that I have ever covered as a reporter was the live insect coverall worn by the Hesperian singer Cyrene to promote her album We All Live Together. Literally, in the case of her and the insects. Of course, one of the main aims of this outfit, which she achieved, was to get a lot of press attention. But my goodness, it must have been uncomfortable. I'm not sure if it's safe to say this right now, so please put in a word for me if I get arrested. But I think our governor, Jaffa Kiri, has made some of the worst fashion faux pas I have ever seen. For me... The key is not whether someone goes too far in their fashion choices. I think that the bigger faux pas is when you do not go far enough. People don't realise that when you play everything as safe as you can, you end up not safe at all. Jaffa Kiri's consistently bland middle-of-the-road dress is the biggest crime against fashion that there is. I'll take some hidden subversion from the Shah over that any day. Um, and well, that's not quite what I meant by the question, but thank you, uh, crazy fashion designer Mwesen. And Mina, how about you to finish us off? And I think, Missy, it's only fitting that I share a tale of a fashion mishap by the Shah herself. As we discussed, she does, we all do, put a lot of effort into her outfits, but... We're not perfect. About four quarters ago, the Shah was very taken by a new item of footwear. We did advise against it, but we didn't consider it serious enough to ban outright. It is important to let the Shah be able to show her personal taste, as well as the state's. You might have guessed it by now, and we're so lucky that the media didn't get any pictures, but yes, the Shah bought and wore A pair of sheiksies. No. Oh, my subquarters, that is incredible. I wish there were some pictures. If any of our listeners miss this fashion invention, the sheiksie was a new type of footwear with jet packs in the soles that allowed you to levitate. I I guess that's the only word. Uh, A half span off the ground as you went about your day. After record-breaking initial sales, sceptical reviews in the media turned Sheiksies from hot to not quicker than you can say Yema Braxis and Sheiksico went into administration. And now we know the Shah had a pair. So it just remains for me to say thank you to our fabulous guests Saladino, Wesin Talat and Mina Ecker and see you next time on Chats with Missy Strack. News was written and directed by Zoe Cunningham and edited by Delroy Philogene. Missy Strack was played by Zoe Cunningham. 
Jaffa Keary by Geraldine Brennan, John O'Bolly by Agatha Ezzedine, Muezzin Talat by Cunnan Lewis, Shah X by Amy Lee Matthews, Rasa Fisht by C.M.J. Taylor, Drinak Pletzak by Paul White and Lano Tonas by Ty Glaser. Additional voices were provided by Anna Hawkes, Paul White, Angela Harvey and Wesse Houston-Jibot.